we all have our own path to walk. It may be obstructed, it may be winding, and no doubt it will have peaks and valleys, but it is ours alone. Like onlookers at a marathon, friends and family can offer encouragement along the way, but ultimately we decide the trajectory that we take. In this series, Juliet Doris Williams offers a clear view from her path that may inform your decisions as you move toward finding your faith. One part spirituality, one part real world practicality, and a serious splash of fun. Here's Juliet. Hello, welcome to Finding Faith. I'm the author of two books, one of which is Leaving Church Finding Faith, Six Steps for Discovering Your Purpose in the World After Leaving the Christian Church, and the primary focus of this podcast. You can find both my works and me on my website at julietdoriswilliams.com. In this space, I talk sometimes about the book, but most times about what it means to be a practicing person of faith who is not connected to a church or the church as it is commonly referenced. I aim for this to be a safe space where we talk about being a Jesus follower while practicing being human. So a lot about life, a lot about faith, a lot about the interplay between the two that we navigate day by day. Thanks for joining me. Hello there, Finding Faith friends. On my last episode, I reflected on how joy and sorrow can occupy the same space. I talked about the transition, the growth, and the grief that accompanied a big milestone event in our family. I hoped that we would settle back into some normalcy, nothing like getting to that finish line of a long-planned-for event, a, a goal or achievement, right? But that goal achievement landed us smack into the annual high holiday or high holy day season, which often brings a whole different set of goals and traditions to fulfill. For me, practically immediately after our daughter's wedding, I talked about that in the last episode, it was time to prepare for what is typically our annual family gathering that falls on what we Americans designate as Thanksgiving. The complexities surrounding the history of this holiday aside, there are strong familial traditions that have built up around it. Some of us have settled into the duality that requires us to hold tension between opposing forces like the joy and sorrow that is conjured up when we learn the history of a cherished holiday. Holding that tension is truly Truly an exercise in being a conscious human, dare we say woke? Very early in the season, every year, actually, I grow weary of being asked if I am ready for the holidays. And my stock answer is that I am as ready as I'm going to get, which usually shuts people up. They don't ask follow-up questions. They chuckle a little but sometimes I wish they would. If they did, I would tell them that we quit the commercialization of the season years ago. We hung up our hustle and our bustle. And when we were more churchy, I got a kick out of saying, well, it's not our birthday. And then, well, we stopped being so churchy and it still wasn't our birthday. Spoiler alert, 
it's also not Jesus' actual birthday, but that's a whole other podcast. I have been forever, it seems now, very content with Christmas being a day to remember and honor the gift that Jesus was to humankind and let it rest there. Emphasis on rest and quiet, hot chocolate and pajamas, and just plain old resting in grace and gratitude. So many things to be grateful for. One of my still favorite Christmas scripture verses is from the Gospel of John. It's uh, chapter 1, verse 5, which says, The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. One translation reads that the darkness has not understood it. For Jesus people and churchy people, the light that John is talking about is Jesus, and the light that he brought into the world is showing us a different way, the way of love, inclusion, welcome, sacrifice. And I'm not talking about his sacrifice. I'm talking about the sacrifice of self and self-interest because the way of love, the way of inclusion, the way of welcome means to set aside parts of ourselves. It means that for a time to see, really see the other, the way of inclusion and welcome is to set aside our discomfort and our judgment and to be radical in our acceptance of others. The way of sacrifice is to set aside the total focus on my needs and wants alone to look towards the broader needs of collective humanity. In my social feeds for months or for a couple months, at least, um, every year, I generally see a lot of figurative cursing of the darkness. Yeah, yeah, we get it already. We hate that it gets dark so early. We hate the cold. We hate the rain. Some of us really, really hate the snow. Even those of us who live up north where there is uh, snow. And then we get to these high holidays. And well, who even has really sat down? and just taken a breath and asked themselves, what am I doing and why am I doing it? And am I doing these things because I love them, because they make me happy? Do they bring me joy? Or am I doing them out of obligation because this is the way we've always done it because it's not really Christmas or insert your favorite holiday or holy day. It's not really that day if we don't do X and Y and Z. If some of us are honest with ourselves, there are things about these traditions that we love and there are things we could gladly just let go of if we gave ourselves permission, that is. Some years ago, I gave myself permission to stop shopping because I hate shopping I also gave myself permission to ignore the grumbling of the collective and to put my Christmas tree up early. And I mean like super early because it makes me happy. No other reason than that. I stopped doing something I hate 
I started doing something that I love just because I permitted myself to leave behind the have tos and to fully embrace the want tos. Took me a few years to get there and there have been, there have since been a lot of things and a few people that I have left behind. They no longer fit into the places and spaces that I currently occupy. Embracing things that give you joy, leaving behind things that make you sad, bring you grief, offer you only sorrow. What a concept. And there are times, dear listener, that we can have joy and we can have sorrow. And like I said before, we can sometimes have those things at the same time. My social feeds again, especially this year, are full of those who, despite their grumblings, are, I think, learning to walk in the dark. Maybe relearning, because again, each year it's the same thing. Theologian Barbara Brown Taylor, in her book, Learning to Walk in the Dark, says, I have learned things in the dark that I could never have learned in the light, things that have saved my life over and over again, so that there is really only one logical conclusion. I need darkness as much as I need light. Many of my friends, family, and close connections are experiencing loss this year. Loss around these high holy days are especially poignant. The loss is heavy enough, but we are surrounded by what I call the holiday fakery. There are all these expectations of some nameless something that surrounds the season, the myth of happy and joy. I used to love listening to Christmas music. I still do, but only in small bites. After a couple of those sad tempo numbers, I am hitting the scan button for some dance music or something else to lighten my mood. I mean, come on, have you really ever listened to them? Many of them are just downright melancholy. There, There is an expectation that we give a Merry Christmas or Happy Holidays to everyone we meet. And if we want to be good humans, we reciprocate in kind, and almost by rote. Thank you, and same to you. I wonder what would happen if we could all pause in our rote holiday greetings and just look each other in the eyes and say, I don't know, something else, something else based on what we see in those eyes. Recently, I found myself at a fast food drive through Service was awful. I mean, awful in every single way. The kind of awful that any onlooker would have said I could have been justified in going off. And for the record, I would have just drove off because going off means I have to dredge up some energy that is hard to shake off once it's dredged up. And I was too tired for all that dredging. But that day, As I was finally given my order that I patiently waited for, I looked into those dead eyes looking back at me and I said, in what I hope was a gentle tone, I hope you have a better day. And I slowly drove away. 
I don't know what was going on with that person. I do know that whatever it was, I wasn't going to pile on. Not because she was all that likable, on the contrary, but because I could see her. In that long interaction, I could see her. And I chose differently to not return fire for fire, to simply give what I had. And that day, I had time. That day, I could take a breath and pause. That day, I could look her in the eyes and see. This season, heck, any season, we are walking in joy or walking in grief and sorrow. Again, sometimes both at the same time. For what I think is holiday tradition reasons, it can feel heavier. They are called traditions because year in and year out, these are the things that are supposed to be exactly the same, right? The same foods, the same decorations, the same family and friend gatherings. Traditions offer us comfort, the comfort of sameness. But when there is loss, grief and sorrow, now enter the space. The sameness is broken by the different, a different situation. There is now an empty space that was once filled by a special something or someone. How are we supposed to feel when everyone around us is wishing us merry and happy? How are we supposed to feel when the news is filled with so much anguish and trauma? How are we supposed to feel when our own world is upside down due to an unexpected loss? There is no formula for this, my friends. I wish there were. There is no magic solution. No map to navigate. There is only living walking step by step in to and through the grief and the loss and the nameless sense of just being not okay. I am for one grateful when I know that friends or family are living through a time of grief and loss because then I know how to respond. But we often don't know. And we certainly wouldn't know for perfect strangers. We wouldn't know about that person who is serving us in the restaurant. We wouldn't know about that person who is cashing you out in the grocery store lane. We wouldn't know about that customer service rep who is assisting you with this thing or that. We wouldn't know about some random human you encounter as you go about your day, as you go about your life. And there's no expectation that we intrude into the lives of every stranger we meet. I would, though, ask you to maybe consider the pause. Pause before you give some rote response to some rote salutation. There is a saying, walk gently in the lives of others, for we do not know the burdens they carry. Another version is, not all wounds are visible, so walk gently. And yes, we are often walking in the dark of unknowing. All the more reason to walk gently. And you know, when we practice the pause, 
to give ourselves time to look in the eyes of that human that is standing in front of us, that human on the other side of that phone call, it is very possible that for the that very brief moment, for that brief encounter, we are being the light in their darkness. When we are in the dark, we cannot see unless someone shines the light. I wish that for each of you listening, that you will be the light of understanding in someone's darkness, or that someone will be the light for you. Know that I am virtually sending you all the light and love during this season and beyond. That's all for now. Thanks for listening. Until next time, this is Finding Faith.